Jesus All the children on the street Hope they get something good to eat But for me it's not so great Christmas Eve. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's right. A, a very merry little Merry Miss Miss. Wow, that was too much. Yeah, too much. You went too far. But Murray, it's a beautiful day. You know, as a as a child, Christmas Eve always way better than Christmas Day. Right. I mean, we got what six inches of snow last night. <laughs> just. Perfect Christmas. Perfect Christmas here in Michigan. Right. But for real, Real. Christmas Eve, favorite as a child, because of all the hope that Christmas brings. Well, in my family, we would get the family, the extended family together on Christmas Eve, and we would open some presents from the extended family on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas Day was the present Santa brought you. Yes, that was the same thing my family did. Yeah. And I I always loved Christmas Eve for that reason. It was a full day of activities and all that. Yeah. And gifts from various people. But Christmas Day, it's just you wake up, and it's just like, Man, I was really hoping I'd get this. I got all this, which is cool, but I was really hoping I'd get this. Well, those that was, you know, yeah, we, this is the thing. Back in my day, parents didn't give a shit if you got what you wanted. You know, now everyone, parents are like wracked with guilt because their douchebag kid didn't get the, like, one of the 50 things they had on their list. My parents didn't give a shit. They got whatever that was fucking at the store the day they went there, and that was it. That's a great point because nowadays you, there's no excuse. There's no jingle all the way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger where you're fighting over a toy. There's no squash there. Yeah. Everything's available. Yeah. Just online, whatever. Everything's available. There is no more fucking rush. But since it is Christmas Eve, I decided to give myself a Christmas present by talking about my favorite TV cop, Theodopolis Kojak. Your now, favorite? Oh, go yeah, ahead. yeah. I was going to say your favorite entree. My favorite? Oh. What? Entree. Dinner. Kojak. Oh, Love digging no, into the that, Kojak. No, it's Saganaki. Oh. But, uh. That's your entree? Uh, well, we're talking about Greeks today. Kojak. <laughs> uh, by the way, I want to say uh, RMP Andre, Andre Brower, he died. He's my second favorite TV cop. Frank Pembleton from Homicide. Homicide, okay. I've, I don't know if I've ever watched a single episode. He was great. He actually also, when they did Kojak movies in the 80s, he was the cracker oh, he was, for okay. uh, Kojak. Kojak. So, so RIP, he was a great actor. I'm sorry that he died. We probably have talked about this. Did you ever watch Black Kojak? No, refused. There okay. is only one Kojak. It, it doesn't matter what color. It's not about color with Kojak. It's there's only one Kojak, and it's Telly Savalas. Yeah, that's the problem with trying to remake a show where it's so, like trying to do a Columbo without Peter Falk. All the mannerisms of Peter Fox Columbo. I can't believe they haven't tried it yet. I know. I'm shocked too, but it it just doesn't work. That's Columbo. Peter Falk is Columbo. Right. So if you try to redo it, you're now trying to redo Peter Falk. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, uh if you, this is your first time listening to us, and why would why would this be your first time, a Kojak yeah. episode? But if it is I've always said that you can tell a lot about a man or a woman for that matter, about 
their favorite TV cop. Sure. And we've we've turned that into a bit, a running bit. Of course, mine's Kojak, Griff's is Columbo, as you just mentioned. Yes. We've had guests come on and explain their favorite TV cop, and we learned so much. These people were strangers at the beginning. They were like family at the end, thanks to discussing their favorite TV. And not even cop, sleuth, crime solver, what right. have you. We're not that stringent with it. Right. We've gotten out there in universes I didn't even know about. Canon? Never even knew of the guy. Yeah, I knew of Canon, but I was, I'm not fluent in Canon. Right. Not the movie company, because we are Glow and Globus Theater. That's We're talking right. about the, the detective, the fat detective from fat the 70s. Detective. I don't remember. Joe Corey's favorite. Joe Corey's, yeah. Which uh, I'm hoping maybe next month, I don't know, we might get a crossover challenge between him okay. and Mr. Matt Sosi. Okay. I'm like, we worked on it this month. We couldn't get these conflicting dates. I mean, I understand it's holidays. It's people, ho- yeah. And people have kids. It's busy. Yeah. But hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe next month. Don't worry. You're, you're lovely host here. We do not have kids. You're all our children. We don't have lives, little kids. Yeah. All so. we do is work to fucking the bone on this show to bring you guys the greatest content of all time. Work our fingers to the bone. We work our fingers to the bone. No, we work our bones too, but we enjoy that. We do it privately. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I'm I'm glad you brought up some of our favorite guests and everything. I do want to shout out. I went through. Is this like uh, local news? You know, local news at their Christmas thing. They have all like the producers and all the people, like all the people work behind the scenes. They give them that one moment where you get to see a picture of them with their fucking dog. That's it. That's what I'm about to do right here. But you see, on the normal episodes, we fucking catch up on the week. We do all of our opening segment, and it always goes too long. So I wanted to stick it in here on the tippy taps. It's Christmas Eve. It's not Thanksgiving, but it's a great time to give thanks. And so everybody who joined us this year, you, I, I'm shocked that some of these names showed up because I forgot about it. It's been a year. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember a month ago, yet alone a fucking year ago. Yeah. First off, right off the bat, we had Mr. Film the Page, Film the Screen, Page to Screen. What's his Twitter handle? From page two screen. From page but two screen. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because just yesterday he did a nice little tweet just saying, hey, these guys are awesome. I love these guys. Just unsolicited. Yeah. Stuart, the most amazing man ever. Right. Not even, I mean. Our gave, international friend. He gives us the great kudos and he's also just one of the fucking best guests. So right. you can go back to January and find a nice episode with him. We just did Miami uh, Vice episodes yeah. with him. You want, you'll, when it's, it's, it's a, you know, we're in the winter right now. You want to warm yourself up with a Miami, Miami Vice, Vice yeah. You want to hear Stewart's boat story. The man has no driver's license, <laughs> and a guy just tossed him a key to a boat in America, That God by the way. God bless America. And just said, you can fucking figure it out. Ingenuity. And he did. Ingenuity. Ingenuity. Next up, we had one Sean Pigeon. Oh, my God. You remember that? We yeah, had Pigeon on. That's one of our real-life friends. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. what episode it was? Iron Eagle? Iron Eagle. Okay, Another that. great we gotta episode. Get, we got to get the Iron Eagle, too. Now, this man showed up for a few episodes. A Matt Sosi. You just name-dropped oh, him. Oh, yeah. The, our, our brother who's doing Exile in Indiana. That's but right. You still you bleed Michigan. Right. And I, I can't remember which episode it's brought up in. I don't remember where the link's at at this point, but Matt Soshi, host of his own NPR show. Yeah. He had us on for guests. You should check that out. You definitely. should check that out. Uh, next up, one Paul London. My friend, Paul London. Oh, 
spoiler alert, he was supposed to be on our showdown episode, but, you know, things happen. Right. Hopefully we'll get him in one of these days. Right. He, we, he's a busy man. He is in, He is a greased up wrestling man, so it's hard to get him well down. Well conditioned. Well conditioned. Um, what, what, what was it? We alluded to it about a hundred times on the episode, and we also yeah. also came to the fact that if he were on, it would have been a nine hour episode. Yeah, because showdown, way too much happening. Yeah, we he had, he begged our forgiveness, and I said, Paul, it would have went. We went three hours by ourselves on showdown. Thank you for not showing up. Yeah, exactly. Next up, we know him, we love him. He sits right here in the studio and he casts a large shadow because he is a large man, one Joe Coleman. I think he was on for like two or three episodes this year. Yeah, it depends on how many Schwarzenegger Stallone movies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike Mullins, we love him. Yeah, we're going to have him back next month. Right. I know it's a week late. I should have brought this up, but Rangers, Rangers won the Scottish League this year. We watched the game this morning. Fucking way to go, Rangers. Of course, Phil. Phil the glass. Oh, we didn't have anything fun for Phil. <laughs> well, no, he's like our, he's by far our most popular guest. So I, he's yeah. one of our uh, head only. To head. Yeah, I think he's one of the few guests that actually has given us a gift. He has given us, a or gift. was it a? I, I it was a quasi gift. It was those uh, uh, Ginty shirts. It was one of those. So it's kind of a. White elephant type gift. It's one of those gifts where if anybody else gave it to us, we'd punch him in the face and burn it. But it's from Phil. He brings so, in the numbers. So. so while you wear it and you feel the love, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my God, what is happening? Elephant man. Why? <laughs> all right. Uh, of course, Jack Battelaire. Okay. Taught me all I know about the blade. Every single last thing. Mm. And one name is missing from this list. Murray. There's one last name. Who could it be? Uh, could it be the only person with uh, XX uh, <laughs> chromosomes? You're goddamn right. What's that? That listens to us. Yeah. Abra. Well, it'll admit to listening to us. I mean, there's got to be some broad. That oh, there definitely is. Yeah. Abra. Or, uh, or she bro. Uh, yeah. Hope we get her on something weird. I forgot to respond to her email. She she, she sent. I don't remember if you were included on that email about owning a, a, a small theater. That's the dream, Abra. I hope you achieve. Nah, I was it. left out of that one. I guess you guys were talking behind my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you weren't on that list, we hate you. We and hate you, and you better show up in the next year so we can tell you how much you hate, how much we hate you. Maybe on a cop in a field, like we're about to cop right now. And when we're copping a feel, especially in studio, Murray's naked right now. Well, no, I'm prepping for next week's episode. I'm wearing Sean Connery's Zardoz. It's true. Outfit. You're next to naked. I can pull off the, the high leather boots. I like the little ponytail you clipped in the I'm back. Growing it out, man, just for this occasion. <laughs> you got the you got the Stuart ponytail. He told us about how he used to rock the little the ponytail. Sunny Burnett. That's the, what you call that. Yep, the Sunny Burnett. Yeah, I mean what when I think of Christmas, I can't help but think of Kojak. I mean, he's 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 a heartwarming character. Yeah, he's my uh, spirit animal. Because when I think of Kojak and the relatability that I have with Kojak, it's constantly irritated with people. That's Kojak. That's me. He drives through his irritation and just gets the shit done. Right. Like he's a much like I do. He can be a curmudgeon about it, but he usually doesn't overstep his boundaries. He just gets the shit. Done. 
He might well, call his brother Fatso a few times. Well, yeah. Brother in real life, not brother yeah. in the show. Yeah. You know, his captain is basically... His subordinate. His subordinate. Frank. Well, because that's the thing. Kojak gets shit done and Frank takes all the glory. Here's the thing. That's how it works, though. Yeah. In every fucking real, like, uh, hierarchy of uh, a business, a bureaucracy, or anything, you have somebody above you who's just there to shield uh, Kojak away from everybody else so Kojak can actually go do fucking work. Right. That's how it works. So Frank at one point was probably doing Kojak's job. Mur- doing, Murray's pulling his notes out. Doing. He's got something for us. What do you got no, for us, bud? I don't. What do you got for us? Do you have written down your favorite Christmas Eve meals? <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas meal, Murray? I don't. You know what? I I don't <laughs> have this. I bet our one Finnish listener may relate to this because I have. Uh, I never enjoyed Christmas meals because we had we would have a Scandinavian Christmas. Really? So Th- this shit- is a f- I did not prepare this. I am just throwing this at him. I was not expecting this. It's uh, shit like herring. Really, smoked yeah. herring? Yeah, pickled herring. Pickled herring. Jesus. And uh, <laughs> um, like something <laughs> called something called carcelta, which is like this gross thing. I don't even know what it's made out of. You, our, and we have Scandinavian legends. They'll probably know what I'm talking about. Um, potato sausage is actually pretty good. Potato sausage? Just yeah. potatoes in the... Yeah, yeah, just potatoes mixed in with the sausage. Okay. But my mom would make it like homemade. She has like a... Uh, the meat grinder. Yeah, and, and the... And the and intestine? The mm, all that shit. Yeah. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, I and mean, we don't get it all, every year, but yeah. Yeah. Like we're not, I don't think we're getting it this year. Okay. But yeah, that kind of shit. So it was like... It, like I think at one time we were like, we would have like a ham or something, but there was so much like hors d'oeuvre type shit, like the herring and all that stuff. We were like filled up by the time the ham came out, so we just kind of cut the ham. Oh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a buffet style too? You guys would do like dinner at a table and be like, here's some hors d'oeuvres, here's the entree. We would have the hors d'oeuvres out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then you'd fill up on them and you're like, I can't eat the fucking meal. Yeah. You know, but it would be the standard shit. Except we, I think it, I think it would be more ham than it would be turkey. Yeah. But it'd be the same sides, you know, like sweet potatoes or, you know, green bean casserole and mashed yeah. potatoes, all that kind of shit. Christmas, I barely remember eating the meals because obviously it's all about getting the gifts and everything and showing yeah. off the gifts to the cousins. Did, and- uh, did your, uh, uh, the adults like fuck with you guys and like make you wait all the time? Because this was, this was the move the adults would do with us. We we eat the meal first, right? Okay. And they go, oh, I gotta let my stomach settle before ah. I can allow the kids to open. Right, right. Now right. I don't even fucking give a shit. I don't even know if we're even getting presents this year. Right. You know, I, now that I haven't done any shopping. But uh, yeah, so it was like that. Because you know, you're like five, you're like, gotta open a fucking present. And they're like, oh, my stomach needs to settle. Like, what, mom? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, why does your stomach need to be settled? So I can open a present. <laughs> right. You know, uh, that I, was the shit they would do. I don't remember if we did anything like that, but I, I do uh, remember just that anticipation to fucking like, all right, we're done. I'm sitting by the gifts now until we're ready to open it. Right. Get over here, Uncle Mike. Did they make Mike. you play Santa and have to hand the gifts out? No, you know, I, I think my Uncle Mike, he was the eldest, so I think yeah. he always did it because my grandpa passed away when I was like 12 because it was grandpa's job. And I still remember the Christmas Eve where my grandma got a Super Nintendo. And I was just like, Fuck. Your grandma got one from My Santa? grandma did. Wow. Because she wasn't working. My grandpa was still working at Tiger Stadium. Uh, he was a ticket terror. Oh. 
And uh, so he was like, I, I don't want you to be alone. So I got you a fucking Super Nintendo while oh. I work. I mean, he just worked like four hours, every, you know, 82 days a year. So okay. it's not like he was going crazy, but right. it's like for those days, I want it's you stressful. to have something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was the fucking greatest gift ever because I got to play Super Nintendo every time Wait, I went to their house. You, that's your grandma's gift. Yeah, no, of course. Grandma gave us permission. We'd always ask her, can we play your Super Nintendo, Grandma? She had bowling, <laughs> casino games. That's where I learned. The old people games. Yeah, yeah. of course. The only games my mom fucking plays on her computer, like like the Chinese checkers or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Mahjong and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah. But no, Christmas Eve, it's the spirit, it's the great, it's the better day of the right. two. So we're getting you ready for that, because I'm sure you're listening it's at 10 in the morning. You're right thinking away. about how you have this to gets go. you off, starts it off Exa- right. You, you got to go see your family, you got to prepare that casserole, remember, to keep it at a low heat, just warm it up, because you got to get it warm up again later, yeah. and listen to us in our Kojak right. episode. Right. Are you ready, Murray? Hell yeah, I'm ready because this is a Kojak Christmas episode. I think this is the only one that takes place in Christmas. I don't. I could be others. I don't know, but this one is entitled "How Cold the Frost, How Bright the Stars." Mm, poetic, it's poetic as hell. And we open this episode up snow in New York. I loved it because we're getting real like gorilla shot footage of New York City in like 72 73 whenever this thing was filmed. Yeah. And we're seeing real life prostitutes on the street of 42nd Street. Yeah. And their pimps. And cuz it's there's literally driving a car right down the street showing it all in New York in all its sleazy 70s glory. It's beautiful. We get Rockefeller Center with the tree and the skating rink. We get it all and it was cool. Yeah. And you could tell it was real because it had that graininess to it. Exactly. It didn't match the... Exactly. Like the crispness of all the like the closed sets and everything. And speaking of closed sets, we're going into a bar closed set. Well, we've started out, there's a subway, a woman getting off the subway. Okay. And she has a a flower in her hair. And she's like, gets up at the top of the steps, looks around, sees the bar she didn't go to. And then we see an old man following her. Oh. And we're like, oh, this is a mugger or some shit. Okay. And then we go into this bar. Okay. I missed this part. Good, good thing yeah. Murray's here for his favorite episode. Yes. Our favorite show. You do get to see Maria in this episode. Because she walks in. She needs some change for some cigarettes. Because in the 70s, everybody fucking smoked. Right. It was probably a quarter back then. It probably was. And back in the good old days, you had machines. You didn't have to fucking... It weren't behind the counter. Yeah. You got there, you put your quarter in, you pulled that lever, you got your six. I remember those fucking machines, man. Yeah. Well, you're probably one of the last generation. Yeah. And she's... As she's getting... Oh, this all makes sense now. Yeah. As she's going to get her cigarette, she take, she's got to take a shit or something. She's like, I don't want to get shit on my flower. She takes a flower off, yep. puts, it puts it on the, on bar. the bar. You don't... Because it'll absorb all the smells. Right. All the... Uh, all, the well, all the particles. We learned that with COVID and everything. It's particles. No, they, it's not even just COVID. It's it's in fucking uh, Mythbusters. They did a whole yeah. episode about pudicles, as they call them. And as she opens the bathroom door, you he- you do hear the Asian guard from prison yell out, 15 minutes, shit, shower, laundry, I don't care. Just get it done within 15. Guys, go listen to Rikio. Well, yeah. Well, you should have already listened to it. And you should be laughing your ass off at that joke. Yeah. So as she goes to take a dump, she passes by two ladies of the evening, shall we say. Everybody knows my attraction for Aubrey Horn from Twin Peaks. And Loretta? I love Loretta. She was cute. Holy fuck. She was adorable. She She's the quintessential hooker with a heart of gold. Oh, my God. And Nails, 
from the heavens. Yeah, and she's with her friend Jackie, and they're just shooting the shit, talking about life, you know. And I think Jackie's mentioned like something. Maybe she got a date later on. She's been waiting because there was a sailor that was supposed to come. This yeah. conversation might have come later, whatever. Yeah. But you could tell that they're you know they're pretty chummy. Yeah, been, it, it's uh, Fleet Week, isn't that what they call it? Uh, sure. <laughs> Might be Fleet Week, but it's it's Christmas Eve, right? right. Yeah. So so they're hitting the bars because they're two swinging ladies. You know, right. they're looking for some action. They're looking for Paul Newman, but maybe like a step below. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, some old guy walks in and pulls a gun and just, well, the bartender hands that that flower from uh the woman to, to Loretta, Loretta and she puts it in her hair and says oh thanks he's like my lady hands it to her and, she and she's it. like that's great i'm not sucking your dick go away right now. well shoo, for, shoo. for free i'm not and cuz you know i mean she got to make a living it's new york so the guy comes in and it opens fire on Loretta they go ducking down right and, and then a guy gr- tries to grab the gun away there's a struggle the old man gets shot, shoots himself he in shoots the hand, him. yeah, and then just runs away. All right, now it's the setting the scene. Now Kojak arrives. Like, why? Because only Kojak can make sense of this. Right. Unlike a Columbo episode, Kojak, within five minutes, he's on the scene. Right. And he rushes in with Cracker, and he's pissed. He's like, why the fuck am I here? I got a hot date tonight. You're ruining my Christmas, Crocker. And Crocker's like, I can't do anything without you, Kojak. I'm an idiot. Right. Uh, come on. There's a gunman on the loose on Christmas Eve. We got to stop. He just walked in here and started shooting. I would hate to think of Kojak's uh, workload in modern times with all the various gun frenzy going on. He, Kojak yeah, he would, would never... talk him down, though. He would, but Kojak can only be in one place. Are we going to really? clone Kojak in the future? Unfortunately, that's no. the only way we'd be able to make it work. So he's just like he's being a little condescending. I mean, they're like there's a little back and forth. He goes, "Hey, Colonel," she calls Coach at Colonel for some reason. Yes, and he's like, <laughs> "Enchanté," kisses her hand, yeah. you know. And so w- just with that kiss, you know these people have interacted before. No, it's just that Kojak's so charming. He just charms the lady. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he might have. I mean, remember we've said it a million times. When you're showing an establishing shot of a police precinct, you must have hookers being brought in. So there might have been a run-in. If you looked at this woman's IMDb, she might be listed multiple times as hooker three in the background of Kojak. Right. And she's like, hey, Kojak, I don't know why anyone want to shoot at me. I'm great. Like, oh, yeah, you're great, baby. No, I thought her thing was... Anybody could come in here and shoot at me. Look at this. And she's got some nice tits. She's got the hair. She's got the lips. She's got it all, Murray. She's got it all. And he's like, you do have it all. You do have it all. And he's like, Cracker, bring these ladies in. Get some statements from them. Let's get out of here. And then then, Kojak or Cracker go to Jack. He's like, maybe you were the target. I believe it was uh, Kojak, because okay. Crocker would never come up with something like that and tell a perp about it, <laughs> right. you know? That's a Kojak job. So they head back to the precinct for the fucking office party, the Christmas party. And everybody's drinking and partying, and the, but except for one guy. It's Guy Houston was his name. Yes. He's, going, he's ready to head out. There's Apparently, this liquor store has been robbed a million times because there's a police stakeout <laughs> happening at this liquor store. And this is back when our uh, shopkeeps, our liquor store keepers, our party store people used to wear ties. This right. man was wearing a tie. 
Right. So he's ready. Him and his partner Greg are ready to uh, fill in for the next shift. So he's ready to take a little sw- a swig of the hooch, and like Frank's like, ah, ah, ah. and he's cool with it. But he's like, I don't want if you shoot somebody when you got some liquor on your breath. I don't want to get the blowback. Yeah, the paperwork, the paperwork. So he's like, no drinky poo for you. Go on home. And then as he's walking by, Kojak's like. Ain't that the guy who isn't uh, that Houston? Isn't isn't he the one who's all? Bu- his, why is he? Why his is wife he? got murdered. Yeah, do we? It's like Frank. I don't like this. Is he really the right guy to be setting arm to a stakeout? He's all fucked up. And and then he's like, whatever. It's your fucking call, Frank. I don't give a shit. So then Kojak goes over to the the uh, Christmas tree. They got ornaments. It's mug shots of the most wanted people. In New York City, hanging Are from... Are the ornaments? Yeah. Amazing. And he's like, oh, I remember him. He's the most wanted, right? And fat, so I was like, oh, boss. And e- then the time for the gifts. Everybody comes together. Only two people get gifts. Well, yeah. The only two people in this universe, very much like Golden Globes Theater. Yeah. Our guests are great, too. You guys are amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the only two people in the universe, they get they Because well, they're running the show. And you know, Murray, it's always you save the best for last. So who gets the first gift? Frank, of course. Captain Frank. And they're like, Frank, we saw you at the fucking office bridge party. You sucked. So we thought we'd get you this. And they get him some dark shades so he, he won't like have any tells with his eyes and marked cards. Right. And he's like, well, maybe I can beat my nephew and throw it in the sewer, whatever fucking game he likes that. <laughs> War. That was the game I always played at Grandma Christmas. And then they're like, and the best for last, Lieutenant Kojak. We know how much you love loud vests. And then he opens it up, and there's a fucking vest. It's, oh, Murray had to add this in there. This, well, this is what Kojak said. First of all, it looked like something a gyp, it's like a, a, a knockoff Persian rug a gypsy would sell you. Yeah. It looked like something, the vest you'd put, an organ grinder would put on his monkey. Uh, you know how today we're all into our ugly sweater contest yeah. and everything? It's this. It's fringe. It's fuck. Well, it's everything. Kojak says it best himself. <laughs> I love the orange, the green, the fringe, the zappa dappa doo. My gift to you, I'll wear it every day. He puts it on right tight there. Tight as fuck. It's just skin tight. You. He knows that when he goes on that date later tonight and he's just fucking popping out of that vest, his day's going to be like, oh my God. And Loretta gives him the okay. She's like looking pretty good, Kojak. You see... Very much like how we talk about bad movies when actors just play it straight. They they burst through that vest. That ugly vest. He's doing it here. He's in an ugly vest. He's bursting through it. So he's ready to head out. He's got a hot date at this Greek restaurant. Crocker is like on the phone. He's like, hey, uh, uh, Captain, I'm going ha- to take over for uh, Giuseppe. Yeah. And he's like, what? Like He's like, yeah. My family's home. I hate my family. I don't want to go there. I like to get some overtime. I'm taking his night shift. <laughs> Whatever. Good I for just, you. I, I need you to talk to the girls. I need you to get more information about this. You know the yeah. He's the like, has Stavros talk to the girls? You go back to the bar. See if you can pick. Oh, up he's there. going to the bar. Oh or, yeah. To just, ask anybody at the bar. Basically, the neighborhood. He said, check yeah. the neighborhood. Forty Second Street. So Jackie and Loretta are spending. They're stuck at the fucking precinct. Is the miracle on Forty Third Street? 42nd Street. It no, is 40- no, wait, wait, no, it can't be. It's 34th, 34th Street. 34th, the numbers, yeah, man, yeah. the numbers. Okay, so yeah, this 40 is... 42nd is where all the porno theaters were. 34, 42nd, so this is, uh, what, what would that be, eight streets over? Yeah. 
And me. so, like, Jackie and Loretta are kind of bummed because they're stuck. Because the party just fucking ends right after Kojak gets his vest. Literally, they cork every bottle. <laughs> they t- <laughs> scratch the record. You notice when Kojak walked in on the party, he yanked the fucking bottle yes. out of a guy's hands. Like, smithed it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I was like, wow, is this some kind of Greek thing? Like, you always <laughs> fucking huff down the wine before you slug it. So they're like, uh, Savro's like, well, we do have a TV if you want to watch Pat Boone in Hong Kong. And, and we're going to so get a little, Now oh. we learn, we get a little backstory. It's not as all as it seems. We just assume these women are hooahs. Hooahs. Only one of them's a hooah. That's and she's right. like, got a hooah with a heart of gold. Right. The other Jackie, new in town from Ocala, Florida. That's right. And she just moved there. She's, she's already bored with New York. She's been there for like two months. Right. I've been out here working my ass off all night, all day. I'm not out here partying. I'm learning how to type 60 whoa p.m. I want to know if anybody knows what that means because I've never heard it used that way. Been retired for just WPM. Right. Words per minute. Because yeah, everything has to be abbreviated even that. Everything's got to be abbreviated now. Yeah. That's more fun, though. I like whoa p.m. as opposed to WPM. Yeah, it sounds like a word. It sounds. And fun. then she's like, "Yeah, and I w- I met this uh, the sailor when when I was it's a New York thing when I was online at Rockefeller Center, Ray City Music Hall. When what I was, is, what does that mean? Online. It means we say inline. New Yorkers say they're online. Skating? No, being in a line. Oh, in a line, like a oh, okay, like yeah. a kick dancer or something. No, just like waiting in a line. Oh, she said, uh, she was. Online for tickets to Radio City Music oh, Hall. Oh, okay. Man. We would say in the Midwest, we would say we were in line for yeah. tickets. That's the difference. So you know we're, we're dealing with real New Yorkers here. And she's like, yeah, I guess he's not going to show. And then Loretta's like, well, look at those skanky-ass nails you got. Girl, give me the fucking nail. I'll skank you up here. I'll get you. You'll be nailing down any man you want. You'll get Paul Newman. I mean, three rungs below Paul Newman. But Right, because this is... This was fucking uh, Cool Hand Luke era Paul Newman. Fucking. Butch he, Cassidy and the Sundance Kid Paul Newman. I can't you, you didn't even know anything about the fucking salad dressing. That, no, was, that was a. Right. That's a different era. The tea. Yeah. I buy his tea every year, Murray. Yeah. I always imagine I can eat as many eggs as he does in Cool Hand Luke. So, okay. So, we go, this, is, there's, this is a multiple ch- storylines going on. We always this have this in these layered. old shows, though. You have A story, B story, C right. story. So, this is our C story. Houston arrives at the liquor store with Greg, and they're, like, they're, they're exchanging. You know, the other cops are leaving. And there's a, two, there's a one-way mirror, so they're watching. And yep. they see a very uh, sharp-looking guy. He's got a new leather jacket, red scarf wrapped yeah. around his neck. I swear, Houston has a sawed-off shotgun here. It's yes, a he does. Cop. Yeah, he does. A cop on a stakeout with mental issues at this. <laughs> not, not, mental issues is probably the wrong. Is definitely the wrong way to say he's it. He's going but through some shit. He's going through some shit. They give him a sawed off and tell him there's a <laughs> robber coming. Use your use your two A. You're a cop too. You get double two A. I can't even believe in the seventies they would waste manpower doing this. Right. But I don't know. And even he's like. That normal-looking guy with awful hair all over his ears. If there's any 80s porno fans out there, he's Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler is he? Yeah, Jerry Butler's a porno star. No, he's not. He's not. He looks like him. He's not Jerry Butler. Oh, okay. He definitely had a look to him. Yeah. But he... Rockstar hair. Houston immediately goes, I don't like the look of this man with the red scarf. I've been here so many times, and I've never once seen him here. All right. 
And all the guy, his name is Doug. Doug North. Fist of the North. Yeah. He just he's asking, hey, can you think I could pick up a delivery job? I talked to the guy, the other guy, and he said it'd be cool. And the guy, I mean, I, the guy's like, what are we fucking talking? Why would he give? He's like, but that, but in the, in the spirit of Christmas, he's like, yeah, I'll give you a fucking job. I'll trust you. Deliver that. these to so and so, and he goes off. And like Greg is like, well, that that blows the hole in your plan. He seems like an honest guy. Now he's just casing the place, just casing it clearly. Okay, so now we're getting on to, I guess, our B story here. Fatso, you know, he's back at the office. Yeah. He welcomes in a, he's, a no, woman. He's, got, he's, he's going out to uh, stretch his legs, he says. So he's, uh, he's at the front desk. He's walking out, and there's a woman oh. pacing, oh, okay. tr- trying to talk to the guy that's at the front desk. Gotcha. And he's like, excuse me. She's like, ma'am, can I help you? And she's like, I'm, I'm looking for my boyfriend. I'm frantic. I can't find him. I'm worried something bad is going to happen to him. Uh, okay, well, he's gone missing, you know. Well, how long has he been missing? Three hours? He's like, you could get on the wrong subway line and get lost for three hours in New York City. Yeah, well, is- he's new in town. He's from Tennessee. He doesn't know his way around. I mean, uh, my name is Allison Ma- DeWitt of the DeWitts. I'm sure you're too lowly to n- have never met my father, but he's a very powerful man. Ma'am, I, I swear to you. He's probably down on 42nd Street. There's so many porn shops, theaters. He's probably in there with a bottle just having a good time right now. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to go through with this? And she's like, no, I, I, I just worried. He, he, he's like, can I have a description? He's like, he's got a brand new leather jacket and a, a red scarf. I'm like, oh, my God. Is that Doug who we just saw in that previous the, scene? The scarf was brand new. The jacket yeah. was not. Got the detail backwards, Murray. What she said it was used. She gave him a used. No, jacket? she just said it was a leather jacket and a brand new red scarf. The red scarf. Was but she deep. bought him a jacket too. Oh, she did. Yeah. Jesus, this Dewitt woman. I mean, come on. Would you feel like really like if you were broke and your rich girlfriend gave you a scarf? Would you feel like oh my god? Yeah, yeah really. No. Yeah, I guess it has yeah. to be. Yeah. So Fats is like, well, is he armed and dangerous? Because that's the only way I can put out like uh, an APB on this guy. And she's like, no. He's like, sorry. Crosses his fucking hands in front of him. Hands tied, ma'am. That's right. Cannot help you. All right. We go over to Crocker. He's staking out the area where the shooting happened. He stops in a drugstore. Here's, hmm, hmm, hmm. Thinks it's a tin man. He gets out his oil can. <laughs> no. It's, it's the proprietor of the drugstore tied up. Let's him out, and he's like, "Some guy came in here. He pulled a gun on me. He had a bullet wound. I, I band- he demanded bandages. I bandaged him up. I told him he was going to need to see a doctor, and he asked me for a recommendation. And then he took my mailing, uh, my mailing list, right? Because the guy had a list because it's it's all the doctors he gets. He fills out the prescriptions for, so he sends them out a Christmas card every right. year. And like Crocker's like, "What the fuck? You gave this to him? You've got two hundred pages here." 25 doctors per page. That's a lot of doctors. No, there was it was at least a couple hundred, he said. Yeah. So that's a lot. It is a lot. So he's like, you know, you're going to put these guys' lives in danger. All right. Now back to Kojak. We're at a Greek restaurant. Frank is dragging out the Nagasaki. He's loving it. Oh, my God. Kojak has a smoking hot Greek chick with him. They're talking the old days. Well, yeah, because she's, she's been in America. For, she's a Greek girl, nice, sweet Greek girl. She's been in America for three years fluent english can't even notice an accent no accent whatsoever this chick was beautiful i thought this woman was really hot. oh yeah uh played by veronica hamill who was on hill street blues for all you old people okay that, but uh was that one of the tv shows they point out in tv party 
Yes, they do have Final nice. Hell Street Blues. And by the way, there's two cameos. I'm going to see if you know you, you remember these guys. Ooh. That was the mini. I knew you wouldn't get her because she's a very obscure actor. Yeah. But there's two. One you should know. One I don't think you're going to know, but I'd be impressed if you did. Okay, okay. All right. So You'll have to lead me to it a little bit. Kojak is, this, he's this, he's we talking her like he does. He's talking about the old days because she's like, tell me about, he's like, uh, New York now, sewer. When I was coming up, it was amazing. You could swim in the East River. You could. We had double decker buses. What Open about the air buses? What about the smog, baby? There was no smog back then. I mean, sure, it wasn't perfect, but you could get. There was people selling watermelon and pineapple on the street. New York Giant baseball. No, he goes. He goes. We go up and see a game at the Polo Yards, Polo Garden, and she's like, "They play polo." I was like, no, 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 no. That's where the baseball team played. The Giants. I thought the Giants were in San Francisco. She was wearing the fucking blood sport. Yeah, she was. No Giants I, I'm gear. surprised you thought she was so beautiful when she was floating a fucking giant. Well, because she head. had that beautiful big hair. And so he's like, "No, my man." And he's like, <laughs> and "They have a little." You know, they're they're enjoying each other's company. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. And she's even loving the fucking vest. He did not take it off. He's true to his word. It doesn't matter what you wear when you have the confidence. That came with love, too. So Kojak is wearing his heart on his chest here. Fucking Not wearing, on his sleeve, on his chest. He's wearing the fucking Because he has no vest. sleeves. It's a vest. It's a vest. Right. He's wearing it on his chest. That's all the love. That's everybody he touches right, right. there. And he's like, what happened to this city? I love this city. Everyone's afraid now. Nobody wants to talk to you. You know, cut to fucking 50 years later. It's I know, for worse. real. Jesus. But then then Captain has to interrupt. Hey, Crocker just called in. There was a guy at a drugstore. It looks like the perp we're looking for. We got a phone call for you if you could go and grab you that. you just see the rage because he's like, I was about to just land this hot babe. Right. There, There is a fun joke that we used to always use uh, when you compare Seinfeld, where Seinfeld's always out fucking everybody, whereas Frazier would kill his family to fuck a woman and he <laughs> never gets laid. Kojak is always right there. It's about to happen. The girl is unzipping his pants <laughs> under the table. And then Frank but shows he gets, up. He gets crook blocked. Not cock blocked. Crook, crook blocked. blocked. Uh, because he's got to save the city. Yeah. Oh, crook blocked. Yeah. Yeah. And so Captain's got to interrupt this dinner. Captain always knows where he's at. He's all, bing, 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 bing. He's right over here. Stops him, and Coach is like, just entertain the lady for a minute. I'll be right back. So what did he just get? UV cards with those yeah, well, special glasses. She goes, glasses. are you a police officer too? Actually, I'm a psychic. And then he's like, he's like, is it, is it, is it bright in here? And he pulls out those fucking shades. He, he tells got. her to pull a card, any and card, and he's just like, about to do his little trick. And then Kojak walks in. Yeah, Frank, we got to get the fuck out of here. And Kojak has the smoothest fucking move. I can't imagine how bad I would fuck <laughs> this move up. I would just slur the words out, and the woman would be like, "What did you say?" And then I'd move in and try to kiss them. They would, like, hey, "What? What just happened?" Kojak's got a little piece of mistletoe in his hand. He's like. It's a tradition in America. You you put a uh, mistletoe over someone's head. You got to kiss. You got to kiss. And she's all in on this shit. She wasn't even. She was like, I don't need the mistletoe. It is not awkward. It looks like it was done in one shot. It looks like they were both half stock, ready to rock. And he gives her a little smooch. He's in, he's in, like no tongue, just a little kiss on the lips. And then he's like, This means I'm tricky, baby. 
and you're beautiful. I don't know what that means, but I... Well, it means that he's just using a trick to get a kiss out of her. Oh, okay. And then he's paying, and then he's telling the woman she's beautiful. She was. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Cut. Quick cut. This sailor. Griff, do you recognize this sailor? Oh, my God. He had a familiar face, but I didn't. I didn't. Well, if you're fans of the show Night Court, everybody, oh. Mr. John Laroquette, who played Dan Fielding, he also... Here's a deep cut. Our listeners will know this, but he did the opening narration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The movie Griff thinks is worse than Night Killer. Great episode by us with our buddy Phil. Check it out. John Larroquette. That's our first cameo. Yeah, okay. He's a sailor. He walks into that bar. I guess he was supposed to meet Jackie at this bar. Right. He's coming bearing gifts. He's wearing a peacoat because he is a sailor after all. And he's like, Susan, I'm looking for this girl, Jackie. Have you have you seen her? He's like, yeah, the police took her. And then the guy who just happens to be. A barfly. Yeah, he's just like, oh, yeah, cops came in with two whores, and they took him away. He's like, whores? Sir. Hookers? All right. Kojak arrives at the pharmacy, and he's just like, all right, they break up the, the list. They're like, I'm gonna, well, I'll go here. You go there. We're going to find this fucker. Because they assume, of course, that our shooter is out looking for one of these doctors. This, uh, and Kojak just said how horrible the city was. This is a very strange scene. The guy, his name is Bill, the old man that shot shot that uh, Loretta in the beginning of the episode. Yes. He walks up to, he's got the list. It was yep. a doctor. He just buzzes in, and they immediately let him in. Just they don't even ask who he is. It, they weren't even expecting guests. There was not <laughs> a placement set for another person. Huh. It was just a family of three Christmas party, or you know, Christmas dinner, excuse right. me. Oh, man. They and, let the open the door, and he barges in. I love this, because after dinner, they do go, oh, man, I am just too full. We're going to have to wait to open those gifts. That one little girl is just so bummed out. Oh, man. Pushes his way in, throws, pulls a gun on him. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Well, we don't know, because Fatso is chilling at a diner. I love fat. I got to go stretch my legs. I got to go down the diner. He's stretching his stomach is what he's doing. <laughs> you can stretch my legs, stretch my stomach. Uh, next, th- And he just happens to hear Allison on the phone frantically trying to get a hold of anybody to, to find Doug. It's very reminiscent to the scenes of uh, Kevin McAllister's mom calling around trying to get, you know, the police to check on her house. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Savros is like, "Hey, what? Have you got? It, you found your boyfriend yet? Did you show up? Like, oh no, you wouldn't understand. Why don't we sit down and talk about it over some pie that you buy me, ma'am? I'll get the <laughs> coffee because the coffee thirty three cents. The pie one dollar fifty cents. It's all my fault. This is it's all my fault. He he said. They, they, by the way, they've been dating two fucking weeks." Doug has been in town for two weeks from Tennessee. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And he's like, you know, but she, and she even puts that. She, I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, with love, you never know. Like, like, I don't know if it's love. She does admit that. But, yeah. you know, there's something going there's on. There's something going on here. That's why he's up here for Christmas after two weeks. I mean, he's into the he's into something. He's like, well, she's like, it's my fault. He, he told me he didn't want to do gifts, but I insisted I got Until him he got a job. Because right. he was, I, I guess, in New York? Or is he talking about in Tennessee? No, in New York. He's in. He's he's, he's in, moving in already? Yes. Oh, shit. He's okay. in town. From, he's, gonna, he's moved up to the big city. Right. This is 70s. You probably could get a job for a week or two. Right. And he's like, but I didn't listen. I went and just got him the scarf and the jacket. And, you know, he felt like a fucking loser because I'm rich and he's poor. 
And then he did mention one time, I'm worried because he has a gun. Yeah. And he used it one time. For I don't a- think she reveals he has a gun yet. She just admits that he did once rob a gas station. She doesn't say how he robbed it. She just says. No, I think she did admit he had the gun because that gives him, he's like, okay, he's armed and dangerous. We can do something about this. I don't think the armed and dangerous came to later, but whatever. So right now, the Cracker and Kojak, they meet up. They bond to separate like they've doctors. Gone, yeah, they've gone down they the They meet list. up right at the front of Dr. Baker, who is yep. just the house that Bill is at. Dr. Baker. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll try this guy. We go inside the, the, the uh, apartment. Well, they go up to the fucking buzzer, and they're yeah. buzzing him up, and they're asking. And, of course, you got Bill right there with his gun. Tell him just like. Tell well, no, something. Bill's getting bandaged up now. So the guy does bandage him up, and then the doctor's like, you got to go to a fucking hospital. You got to go to a doctor. This isn't, I, I did what I could do. Here's some pain pills. Oh, you want to fucking knock me out. He's also, when the scene opened up, he's getting bandaged, and he's on the phone. Yeah, he makes, he, he's, he's finishing up a call. Right. And he's like, you want to knock me out with those sleeping pills? He's like, no, I just want to help you. My Hippocratic right. Oath here. Hippocratic these Oath. These guys, these doctors, this doctor's family super chill. Like, yeah. like they're just like, okay. He's handling the situation incredibly well. And uh, and then he's like, Bill's like, why did I get into this? Why did they warn me about marrying a young woman? But I, they, they I said, all said I was a fool. And then that's when Kojak buzzes the thing. Okay. And he's he's like, don't you fucking warn that guy. And he's like, no, I'll play cool. Play and cool. Coach X like, hey, we're looking for this guy. Hey, nothing's wrong. We're having a great family dinner. It's incredible. You said you're you, you said you're a lieutenant. What's, your, what's his rank? Lieutenant. I mean, hey, you give me a half an hour, I can buzz you up for some coffee. I know all you cops love coffee. It's like, God, no, don't worry about that. Merry Christmas. So then the shooter's like, if you say anything, I'll kill your ass. And then he walks out. Escapes out the backside of the building and, immediately, and everything. Immediately, doctor's like, and then Kojak's like, oh, something's going up, going on. So he's like, Cracker, you go around back. I'll go in through the front. Just so happens, Crocker runs around back just to see Bill. Can't He can't really decipher what Bill is. Just a man in a raincoat, just crawling up a, a fence like a crackhead. And scaring well, off no, into the alley. He's just running down an alley, but unfortunately the alley's closed off. Okay, by the fence. Yeah, he doesn't even see him climb yeah. over. Okay. So Crocker's like, stop! Like, Man. Stop. And then we cut to commercial. All right, so now Kojak's talking to the doctor. We learn that we finally learn his name is Bill. Bill Swift, I think, is his name. Yes. And he called up two bars asking for his wife, uh, Anna Maria. Anna Maria. All right. Jackie, meanwhile, she's back at the station, of course. You remember Jackie? She's the mistaken as a prostitute. The young girl with nasty-ass nails. She's calling home, just telling her mom, no, everything's okay. Calling down to Florida. That's a long-distance call. Yeah, that's why she's doing it at the police station. That's right. And Loretta's like, you're such a great kid. All right. Kojak returns back to the precinct. Fatso's there, and he's like, look, Kojak, we need to do a little good cop, bad cop. I got a situation here. I you know, this chick, she's a spoiled brat, but she's a sweet kid. I've got a rapport with her. Can you do the bad cop? Ah, i gotta, got to do more shit. He's like, I could be tossing somebody's Greek salad right now, and I'm fucking at the precinct. So I thought tossing salad was a gay thing, but tossing a Greek salad is a hetero? Sh- no, that's a even hetero? gayer. No, tossing salad is just eating ass, Griff. It's not gay or straight. You oh. can eat a girl's ass and it's tossing salad. Okay, so please help me out then. Tossing a Greek salad. Because she's Greek. Oh, the girl just, is Greek. Okay. But it, technically, a tossing a Greek salad would be eating 
a guy's ass if you're a guy. Okay. But since this woman is Greek, Greek it's still he's a, tossing a Greek salad. You know, people thought the bandana code was uh, sophisticated. The yeah. fucking salad code. Oh, my God. I can't even get into it. So Kojak's like, oh, bring her in. She comes in, and he puts on the charms. like, oh, hello, And she's like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but my boyfriend, he's like, he's like, you ever thought maybe she maybe he dumped you? It happens. Lady, I gotta tell you, I'm going around the block. I'm a I'm a handsome single man myself. This just happens every day. You get dumped. This man came to New York, found some new puss on the subway, and he's all he's over you now. What what's and the big like, deal? No, I I I was he was gonna be have Christmas dinner with my parents, the DeWitts, you heard of them, they're rich. Oh, I get it. You're slumming. You want daddy to get upset with you? Murray, do you remember our slumming movie? No, I don't. Shit, neither do I. I was hoping you did. <laughs> we did a movie a while ago where we talked about slumming, and yeah. I think it was another tippy tap. Probably. But I don't remember which one. Maybe we'll remember it and yell it out <laughs> randomly throughout yes. the episode. No, I really care about this guy. It's been two weeks, but I really care. This, yeah, you're right. She finally admits he's got a gun. Yeah. And then Kojak's, our ears were, he's like, oh, really? Well, so, here. Why don't you head down to the area he thought he was going to be in? 42nd Street. And see if you can spot him. And then he's like, because I got shit to do. Please, you got to promise not to shoot him. Well, baby, we're cops. I promise we won't shoot unless we just want to shoot him. And then Caesar out. And then there's this nice little scene, apropos of nothing. Kojak, he pulls out his lollipop, puts it in. Opens up a Christmas card. It's from his dry cleaner. <laughs> and he's like, Bill, you're the best. And then he's closed and he throws oh it away. <laughs> yeah, nothing oh to do at God. all with the plot. Just but. a little detail. We used to throw details in everywhere. We don't anymore. All right. We've just been talking about Doug. Where is Doug? He finally got back from delivering that that uh, liquor. Right. And he got paid. Walks out the back door, counties money, immediately hit upon by Margaret. Did you see how much money? Did you stop? He's a, he's a giant wad. <laughs> he did one delivery, and now he's just got a fold of bills. Even, if, even back then, if it was ones, it's too much. Yeah. What he had. It's, but, but even more ridiculous, he's immediately mugged. As immediately. soon as he opens the door, to, and it's two middle-aged white guys... This is literally what conservatives want you yeah. to believe is happening on the inner cities right now. As soon as you flash a wad of cash, you are mugged. And it was, this is horrible acting by the oh. muggers. Because like I said, there are two middle-aged white guys. Doug has a fucking gun, which he pulls out. Yes. They punch him in the stomach. Doug, unfortunately, they don't know uh, Qigong, so they don't go through his body. Yes, that's right. But the guy, they, they take his money, and then the guy just... Doug still has his gun, and the guy just stumbles. He doesn't even run away. He just walks away. Yeah, Doug is struggling to get his gun out. Like, he's having an internal struggle to shoot these people or not. Isn't this a... I mean, Bill clearly is not a conservative. Or, or Doug, excuse me. Because isn't that the dream, to be mugged and then get to shoot the person? Is that what it's all a Paul Kersey would have told me. 2A people dream of? Was it Quincy? Is that the slumming episode I'm thinking of? No. Where a girl was slumming with a... Okay. No. Back at the precinct. Loretta's... Finally worked off those nasty nails on Jackie. They look great now. She's ready to fuck. They're looking through uh, uh, mug shots. Do you notice the earlier in the beginning when they bring them in and they're looking at the mud shot, mug shot, mud shots, the mug shots, and there was this 
creepy ass looking motherfucker. Oh, he's cute. I'm like, he looked like a fucking child molester. Dude, he looked like the party store shopkeeper. <laughs> he was old, had the horseshoe, didn't shave it like a warden of a prison that we know of. Like, no, this guy was ugly as shit. Were they just making fun of him? I don't know. I get, no, that just shows what a sweetheart Loretta is. You can see the beauty in anybody. Was this the slumming movie? No. Damn it. Okay. That was that was almost a year ago, dude. I know that long ago. I know, but I I thought there was a situation where the I know what you're talking about, but I can't figure what the episode out. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. It wasn't body double. No, it's not that far back. It's within the past two months. Two months? Yeah. Oh shit! And I don't think it was any of the Vincent Price movies. So probably the past month. Oh wow, that's what like everyone's riveted to know what the fuck this stupid ass reference we're doing. They're just happy that we're entertained. That's right. And so they're looking at shit, and Loretta's looking. She's like, "Wow, this this broad here really looks like me." And then it clicks with Kojak. Maybe it's mistaken identity. Maybe someone thought you looked like. He walked into a poorly lit dark bar. He's out of his gourd. Clearly, he can't shoot for shit. So click like this all makes sense. Hey, babe, what do you say we go not, go out for a night on the town? Yeah, I'm going to use you as bait. And she's like, fuck yeah, if I can get out of here. Are you fucking kidding me? I get out of here? We get a dance together, Colonel? So they walk out. She's like aiming for everything. She's like, whatever. I get killed? Whatever. Zabba-dabba-doo, baby. Fatso is out driving around with Allison, and they spot Doug. He's inside that same fucking liquor store, but this time... It just so happens this is the same liquor store they're staking out. Right. This is, D- the, same, this is the only liquor store in this whole episode. Apparently. And Doug's back there. You think he's saying, hey, I returned that package. No. He's pulling out his piece. He's got no choice. He's got to get... He's got to one-up uh, Allison. He can't just get... take. He's got to get her a blue scarf. He's got to get her a blue scarf. And Houston's like, I knew it! Runs out with a sawed off, ready to kill. Allison walks in. Doug! Doug grabs her, uses her as a shield. Right. Doesn't even recognize what's happening. I don't even think Doug realized that he grabbed his two-week girlfriend. Probably doesn't remember what his two-week girlfriend looks like. How long apart have they been now? Three hours. Well, four. Oh, four hours. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We know this. So he, you know, he's like, "Don't, I'll kill her! Don't you shoot at me!" Fatso's like, "Hey, calm down now!" And then he just pushes Elson towards Fatso and runs away. Right, runs into an apartment building. Right. All right, now Bill, the old man, he's at a bar speaking with another actor. You should know who this actor is playing the bartender in this scene. Playing the bartender. Oh, my God. I think I know it. He's got the craggy face. We see him in everything. (laughs) I can't remember his name. We just saw him in uh, Taking of Beverly Hills. No. No, we did not. It's not Robert Dobby. Not Dobby. Oh, I We did talk about him recently with one of our guests we just talked about in the beginning of the episode. Well, we just named all of our guests oh, for a year. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do it, Murray. It's Edward James Almost. Oh, yes. Captain Castillo from Miami Vice. Amazing. Holy shit, that's him? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, the sunglasses he pops on there, the fucking sweet-ass glasses there. And he's like, and he's being told, uh, the bartender, Edward James Almost, is We're telling- We're at a mariachi bar, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. A Latino bar, as Loretta called it. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, yeah, your wife was in here. Dude, let's get over it. Like, she's not into you. She left with another guy. Right. Don't you realize you're 80? 
She's 25. She's a stud. And then he's like, oh, and he just stumbles out drunk. Just so happened, Kojak and Loretta getting out of the Black Raven, heading down to the next bar they spot, and it just so happens to be the Latin. Latino bar. The Latino where bar. Where they're playing mariachi Christmas carols. Great. And they're having a great time. And Kojak, you know, it's like Kojak's like fucking got her by the arm, just dragging her around, yeah. throwing her in. Oh, it. yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, I love this song. Let's go dance. He's like, it's fucking Jingle Bells played in my mariachi yeah. band. Da-dee, da-da-da. I don't know not how that's Jingle even, Bells. Not even Felice Navi. No, not even. It would be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, can I dance? Knock yourself out. Just hurls her into the fucking pit. Kojak, smooth as fucking silk. It's just like that mistletoe bit he pulled earlier. He goes up to the bartender. Have you ever seen such a sweet piece? And he goes, oh, Anna Marie? Anna Marie. Interesting. Hey, does he call her Anna Marie? Or does he call her Loretta? Loretta. He's like, Loretta, yeah. get over here. And then the bartender's like, oh, you look just like Anna Maria. And, of course, if Kojak is in, tell me more about Anna Maria. And he's like, hey, her husband was just here. He's pissed off because she left him for a younger guy. And it all falls into place. Why you shoot? He's like, you look like his wife. That's why she shot. he shot at you. Right. So Kojak tells Loretta, hey, I got to go take care of this. You just hang out and dance the night away. There is a guy out to kill someone who looks like you. Have a good time. He was already here. He's not going to come back right. here. Loretta leans in on the bartender, and she's she's like, "Wow, that's crazy!" The bartender's like, "Isn't this nuts? There's a million broads out on the street. Why would you waste? Why would you waste your life like killing somebody over?" Well, she got a figure like this. I don't give a shit what figure she had. Don't fucking shoot anybody. No, she says. And she's a hopeless romantic. She's like, look, there might be a million brats, but there's only one One for him. him. It's sweet. She thinks it's sweet that a guy shot at her because he was jealous of his wife, two-time and wife. Yeah. And speaking of shots, we hear a shot, and it's it's Bill. He he put himself out of his own misery, shoots himself in the chest, and he keels over in an alley. Man, fucking... We're expecting some crazy hot situation with Bill, and it's just he might have he might have listened to our showdown and uh, Beverly. What was that episode? Taking just, Beverly show, just showdown, just showdown is what oh, I was trying showdown. to go for oh. because we talked about our punk, and then you spent twenty five minutes endorsing something that we're not going to talk about again. I have no idea what you're talking. about. Oh my right? god, we talked about a punker who had a certain thing written on a sweater, and you were just like, "Yeah, you guys should just go ahead and do it." Just do it if you want to. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. I have that. no idea what Chris's talking about. I think he's trying to incriminate me. I'm just trying to say you were all about endorsing. Talk about throwing somebody under the bus. Oh, should <laughs> I say the sleigh? <laughs> so they, Loretta and Kojak run to him, and he's like, Anna Maria, is that you? And she's like, yes, it is me. She wants to like let him go out peacefully. I love this, though. It plays right into where she was at in the bar where she was saying, there may be a million women out there, but there's one to him. And she sees that she looks like that one. And she plays along as this man's dying. Crocker rolls up. He's like, hey, man, Stavros needs you. There's a fucking shootout happening. Kojak's like, oh, man. 
the city never sleeps. It's never safe without me. All right, you shovel this guy into your back, your trunk, get rid of him. Kojak's heading back to his car, and Loretta intercepts him to just have a quick discussion about death. She's like, it must be rough, like, being as old as you are, you know, close to death. And he's like, baby, go dance for the two of us. And that's in order! And she winks at him, Colonel! And then she ha- we watch well, her. Well, he kisses her. She kisses his hand. Yes. And he kisses her hand. I fuck. Loretta. God damn. She's got me. Hook her with a heart of gold. If I ever met a woman on a first day and she kissed my hand, I'm like, oh, shit. This is some, this is some weird, chival- like, reverse chivalry shit. Kojak arrives at the Doug situation. Greg has already been shot. Like we just learned in the last episode, if you're under threat, you're under danger, you run to the highest position possible. So Doug is on the roof, yeah. pinned down by Houston. Talk about it constantly. Go to the fucking roofs, people. Same place that Sylvester Stallone went in our Kojak episode. Right. That was not about slumming. That was about uh, thruples. That was about cops overdoing... Uh, over. Oh, that was cops doing a Houston. This this uh, situation with Houston and this episode was almost a Stallone situation. Oh, because remember Stallone shot a kid. That was the whole point of the episode. Which I'm not oh, talking about cliffhanger. Oh. I'm talking about the Kojak. Yeah, no, you're right. You're from right. A couple I'm years sorry. ago, I went back to I yeah. went to cliffhanger. Excuse yeah. me. Okay, so Houston's got him pinned down. He's hiding behind a chimney, ready to kill. He's like, I got him, Kojak. He only has a couple bullets left. Coach, like, chill the fuck out. This motherfucker said a cab. Do you know what that means, Kojak? And he's like, no. What does it matter? It's our job to serve and protect. So Kojak, without a gun, walks up to him. Whoa, whoa, baby. When you've got that voice, you can calm any situation. Exactly. And he talks because fucking uh, Doug's like, I got nothing to lose. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. No, baby. You're going to do time, baby. Well, you'll get smarter. What do you say, kid? It's all in front of your life. It's all in front of you. Right. And he hands over the gun, Kojak. And then, and then Kojak just walks off. And Houston still gets a like, shove in to fucking Doug. Like, Doug's going peacefully, and Houston still pushes his ass. Yeah. So they get back down. Allison and Stavros show up. And she's like, oh, my God, Doug, you're alive. He's like, I got to be honest with you. I robbed the store so I could get bus fare to go back to Tennessee. I'm out of here. I know. Wasn't that the fucking <laughs> greatest little end to this? And like Stavros like, hey, dude, I want you to know this woman really does care about you. She was like frantic all night long. And he's like, uh, and then Coach is like, book this motherfucker. Houston comes down and is like, hey, Coach Jack, I got to say thanks. I, I really wanted to kill that guy. But thanks. You saved me the paperwork. Right. So now every everything's we'll, all set. Kojak's like it's another uh, you know night with me, uh, Rosie Palm and their five sisters tonight because I ain't gonna be with that hot Greek babe. <laughs> so he's going back to the precinct, and we see Jackie's like Jackie, you can go home. Everything's cool. She walks out as they're walking out. The sailor comes in with a present, and he's like, "Hey, did two hookers get?" Hookers? There were no hookers. Well, there was probably one. There was definitely one. there was one of the fastest typers in the world, too. 60 woe p.m. She's waiting for you in the office. So he's like, yay! And then he walks in. So Frank and uh, Kojak are walking out. They're done for the night. 
and Frank is like, you think you could have wore some protection, Kojak? That guy could have shot you. He's like, I'd be wearing protection right now, banging some Greek broad, <laughs> but this fucking city oh is falling God. apart. I can't. And then he just goes, love thy neighbor, baby. Screams it to the city. All right, uh, coach, have a great night. Jingle bells, Frank. Jingle bells. And then we see the lovely couple of uh, Jackie and her sailor boyfriend walking off. He's ready to fucking dump her, you know. That's right. And Kojak just gets in his car and walks, drives off. Murray, was it last gasp? Was that the slumming one? I don't know. Peacemaker. I don't think it was. Peacemaker is pretty close to having a slumming situation. I remember it because there was a watch situation and no, she had it in a drawer no, or something. No, and no. the police go sooner, go sooner, go more recent. More re- oh, yeah, it's the same thing. Well, we got to no, use the right no, words. No, go past, go past the the. Uh, everyone's riveted. If I know we're this. going up at a normal pace to live and die in L.A. Obama no, vibes. No, no, we got to get this night killer. Mm-hmm. Can you say? Dun- it's not Dungeon Master. It's not Cliffhanger. I'm telling you, it was a while ago we did it. I don't know. I don't care because it's Christmas time. Let's end our differences for one day, Christmas Day, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Ooh. Ricky O. Oh, Ricky O! All right. This, well, these aren't, I don't fucking end these. This is your job. To all, to they, to must have a Christmas evening. Just know when the night is silent and you don't hear those jingle bells jingling, I'm listening. And not so tiny, Tim. It's going to tell you, God bless us all, everyone.